Welcome to the China Jedi Podcast. Shining humor, love, and light on Chinese life. For those living, working, or traveling in China, or interested in learning about Chinese culture, expat life, and foreigners' perceptions. May the smile be with you. My eyes are clear, clear than the mist in the cloudy morning. China Jedi legal disclaimer. Please listen carefully. What you hear on this pod may or not be the truth. May or not be funny, rude, or downright stupid. If statements are made by certain individuals from the human race that go against your preconceptions, conceptions, false conceptions, and selections, faith, tastes, or personal philosophies, please take it with a light-hearted sigh and slight shrug of the shoulder. Hold your head up high, knowing that you are a better person than they are, and that one day the force will strike down on them with great vengeance of furious laughter and unconditional frivolous forgiveness. you got it all wrong. The things that I've been saying, you've been listening to the wrong side. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the China Jedi Podcast, episode 25. We're recording live from Wafa 68, sitting above the beautiful Pagoda Lake on a Sunday morning, not too late, situated in the heart of Zhuhai City, mainland China, nestled between Hong Kong and Macau. Absolutely, smashly diddly, correcty mundos. Yeah, and、uh, I am your host, Chris J. Bradshaw. As always, welcome back, listeners, to the show, and uh, my uh, well, one and only Anthony Benton. Anthony Benton, with a C in the middle. With <laughs> a C in the middle today. It's good to have you back, mate. It's been a while because、yeah, you know, a few weeks, I think. Right. Well, we were away with the band、um, last week, which we're hoping to do a pod on. Researchers want us to do a you know a tour, a China Jedi tour on the experience of being a band in China. Yeah, you're off jet setting around the world, and then off in the yes, as yes, you do as the hostess with the mostess. Yeah.、Um, but anyway, listeners, one quick thing I'd like to say is Anthony.、Um, Has got a new name, yeah. It's it's not Anthony Obi Wan Kenobi anymore. It's none other than Nostrabentus. And the reason he's called Nostrabentus is because we're starting to realise that he can actually tell the future. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't believe this,、um, listeners. Anthony said to me on Thursday, I think it was, when I bumped into him, that this Sunday we would be having. A podcast, and I was right, and you were right. He also said that the island of Yalidao, which is a small island in Zhuhai,、uh, full of green trees and stuff, would one day become a park. Yes, and lo and behold, it has become a park. So it's quite astonishing your future kind of visioned abilities. Don't, don't forget the prediction of、um, repairing that、uh, bicycle lane, those、uh, potholes. They repaired them too. <laughs> Anthony predicted I, that I, I, the world is your oyster, my friend. <laughs> so of course it's not Nostradamus anymore, Anthony Benton. It's Nostrabentus. So if you ever hear me say that, listeners,、uh, it's because I've esteemed philosopher there、uh, with his little wispy beard、um, over to my left. Well, kind of opposite me, aren't you? Behind the window. Indeed. Yeah. Now introduce our guest. Well, Anthony, we have to be on very good behaviour today. And I thought I'd be rather scholarly to introduce your new name yes. because yes, headmaster. We do have、We're、a headmaster in the house. Yeah. And okay, let's introduce ourselves then. So we have a headmaster、um, who's working in Zhuhai, and his name is another, none other than. I'm Cliff Gaysburg. I、uh, I am a headmaster. I'm the director of the QSI International School of Zhuhai. Marvelous. Welcome.、Uh, Thank you.、Yeah. Good to be here. I think you should fire away with his surname because I know you like to get into the、yes. background. Yeah, could you, yeah, could you say your surname again? It's Geis Pogue. Sorry, Geis sorry. Pogue. One more time, please. Geis Pogue. Geis Pogue. And again. 
Geist Pogue. Geist Pogue. Yes. That, I've never heard of that. that is, yeah, very unusual. So, it yeah. is. It's, uh, it's, it's very unusual. My wife and I uh, hyphenated our names. Uh, oh. Apparently in a, a bit of New Age hippiedom. So what was your original... I, my maiden name, uh, I believe is the technical term, is Pogue. Uh, my <sighs> wife was Geis. Um, as uh, family lore has it, uh, as we were engaged, um, she said, you know, there's, there's no way in hell I'm going to take your last name. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, okay, How that's fine. <laughs> I know, that's, that's us. And uh, it was important to me to have one family name. And uh, so I said, okay, great, I'll take your name. And, and she said, you know, I like that even less. Oh, quite. So we're running out of options. I proposed the neutral third-party name where we just the, picked a name. The neighbor down the street. Yeah, exactly. We'll take his. And uh, <laughs> so finally we decided to hyphenate. Okay. So that's well, so well, pretty cool, though. Yeah. It's quite a normal thing, actually, this. Uh, being in an international community, you know, the Spanish do that a lot. They double-barrel. Um, sure. South Americans. Uh, and, and I've met quite a few Americans that, you know, the, yeah, the it's, lady it's, it's has said. It's a fairly common thing. Yeah, it's 50-50. Why should I take your name? Um, so I, I think it's quite a cool thing to do if you've got a short name. you got one syllable, right? Geis and... Geis and Pogue. Yeah. yeah. you had a long name, yeah, that could be yeah, Spanish if in, name. If you're from Czechoslovakia, see, I can't even say the country, Czechoslovakia. Your first wife was Czechoslovakia, right? <laughs> Third. <laughs> right, okay. That must have been a really... Did you do the same thing? You put it together or...? No, we never got it together. Yeah, he's right, marvellous. That's why she's my ex-wife. So, now, of course, the name, Double Barrel, uh, at school, as I know, you actually shorten it even more, don't you? You abbreviate it. I do. I've been uh, Mr. GP for 15 years, my, my entire teaching yeah. career, before we moved overseas. Guy's Pogue is a bit of a mouthful. Yeah, it's and, different, uh, isn't it? I think being American, you know, everything gets a little bit more casual, and so GP is, is usually what kids end up calling me. Of course, if Cliff was in England he now, he would be a doctor. He would be a doctor mm. as well as a teacher. <laughs> but the actual word for, I think, doctor anyway, goes back to be, being a teacher. So um, a teacher is a doctor in a way. But aren't we all teachers in our own way? We all have a special story to say. And of course, uh, Cliff, um, did we say your first name's actually Cliff? We did, yeah. Yeah, we did. Yeah. So CGP. Um, question to you is, how long have you been in China and what brought you to this wonderful country? Well, this time around, I've been in China for a little over a year. Uh, it's actually the second time we've been in China. So oh. I uh, first... Dipped I, and then I, yeah, we, uh, we moved overseas to Shenzhen in 2007, um, working for another QSI school. It's in Shenzhen. Um, spent six years there and then accepted a transfer to uh, a small school in southern Italy um, where I became the, the head of school. Oh, that means um, and then after three years there, uh, accepted another transfer, and we were kind of surprised to come back to Guangdong province. Ah. So, so two trips around China. Did that happen by chance? Or? Total by chance, yeah. So after, after your, your contract cycle at QSI, you can apply for transfers, whether you're a teacher or administrator. And uh, there's 37 other schools. Um, Four of them in China. I guess there's a fifth small school now. QSI, yeah. yeah. So we, uh, yeah, so we were a little bit surprised to, to have China come back around. Tell everyone what QSI actually stands for. Yeah, QSI stands for Quality Schools International. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, it's a great school, and um, yeah, as you know, some of the listeners may or may not, but both of my sons attend uh, QSI. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's doing really well. And how, how are you finding it then in, you know, steering the ship um, in this city in QSI? Is, how's the experience so far? Because you started this year, didn't you? 
the the school yeah so the school the school year is uh has started we've been in session for about a month. I really like being in Zhuhai. Um, you know, glad to have a second opportunity to, to live in China, but um, we really like the community here. You know, people are friendly. The The pace seems uh, just a little slower than Shenzhen, you know, kind of the big city. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, happy to be a part of the school here. Obviously, there's a lot of work to be done, you know, yeah. in any school. But, um, yeah, I, I like the people I work with. Love the kids. We're lucky to have really nice kids. Smashing. So. Yeah, really smashing. Um, and and on, a, on a tourist note, because um, we are all, in a way, tourists here, aren't we? Travelling through. Some of us longer, some of us shorter periods. You're looking very serious today. I think we're all tourists on planet Earth, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. Looking very serious today, Anthony. Are you philosophizing there? I'm scared. Are you got thinking head, of your next got future head, vision? No, got a headmaster. Oh, I'm come on. Nobody really wants myself. to start the weekend with detentions. Exactly. <laughs> or end the weekend. Would you, would you, or end the weekend with detentions. Would you like to get Mr. GP to get his cane out, Anthony? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> right, do you have a cane, by the way? I can't see one. Today. I don't have a cane, no, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately. Do they encourage beatings in China? Uh, not that I've come across, no. <laughs> in the old days, of course, in England they were using the cane. In America now, you don't use canes, you use guns and knuckles. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Gas bombs. Go and line them up behind the canteen. Okie dokie. Right, anyway, on a positive note then, Cliff, um, anyone was coming to China or in your experience, where would you recommend to visit? And don't show Yang Shuo. <laughs> or, or Beijing um, yeah Beijing and Anshuar please don't so anywhere else because lots of people say that wow you know I think my, my favourite tourist experience has been Xi'an um, you know of course you have the Terracotta Warriors which is, is super cool and a ton of history but um, it's also one of the only intact city walls around the, yes. the old centre of the city um, and we thought that was just a lot of fun we biked around the, the city walls um, with my father-in-law on the on a tandem bike, which was, you know, kind of an entirely different story. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a totally different history than, than Beijing or Shanghai or... We've done Yangshua more times than I, I like care to Xi'an as well. But, uh, yeah. The wall's really cool. Oh, right? yes, it, it is. City. Yeah. It's an incredible city. It's got an incredible history, Xi'an. That was the biggest city in the world, I think, around the 14th century. Maybe Ming yeah. Dynasty. I've, I've been watching some interesting programs on Xi'an. It's got some quite wonderful stories. I don't, I don't mean to knock Beijing, but the... Um, Outside the Forbidden City, Tiananmen Square, mm -hmm. it's a little bit boring, isn't it, the square? It's just a huge open area of paving slabs. Well, if someone Whereas, says you're square, you're quite boring, yeah. aren't you? But the, the square in Xi'an is cool, right? It has the drum tower and, like you say, the wall yeah, around the it. Square and there is, it, it looks quite cool. interesting. Yeah. Sorry to be a boff, but mm -hmm. on every one of those bricks that makes up that wall, which is, you know, thousands of years old, they imprinted in Chinese characters where that brick was made, what part of China it oh, came really? from. Just, just so the emperor, if one of them fell down, yeah. knew exactly who to call. <laughs> really? Not on a telephone, obviously, but yeah, so it's quite amazing. So next time anyone goes to Xi'an and you look his, at the walls, head to chop off. check out the, the characters on each of the bricks. Wonderful. Okay, marvellous. Thanks for that, Cliff. Um, I think it's time to get into uh, Sunday morning question of the week. Sunday morning. Sunday morning question of the week then. Anthony, this is a juicy one. Ooh. Especially for we like juicy. Nostra Bentus <laughs> looking at me there with his beady eyes. Question of the week then. Um, always posed by the researchers, uh, Cliff, through the, the research department. There. They've yeah. been hard at work all week. Always are. Always are. Much more than Anthony ever is. Um, okay, so the question is, do you think we are mortal bodies, everlasting souls, or neither? Do you think we are mortal bodies, everlasting souls, 
or neither. And if you want to think about that, maybe we should go to Nostradamus over there, because I bet he's got quite a good answer. Is, is there no offer of both? Why one or the other? Neither. What about shoot, both? Shoot away. Well, my personal beliefs are that we are both. We are, uh, as someone put it, we are not uh, physical beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a physical experience. So surely that makes us both. If you believe in the soul, and obviously we're here in this physical realm now where you can knock on the table. Is that someone at the door? <laughs> oh, sorry, it's you. That was me. So I say both. Okay. With a physical being, uh, sorry, spiritual beings, but we're here for a, a limited time in this physical realm. No, I like that, yeah. That's the answer I, like that. I would go for. Thank you, Nostraventus, old wise one. <laughs> uh, Mr. GP. You know, I think Nostraventus probably said it better than, than I could. I, uh, I, I think that we're both as well. Um, you know, obviously the, the world has managed to organize itself much more than just a, a series of sacks of bone and flesh and, and water ever could. You know, so I, I think that we've got something more, something deeper to us than, mm. you know, just kind of this, this tourist experience, as you said earlier. Um, you know, what that is, I don't know. I think I, I still am kind of questioning all that, you know. But, um, no, I, I would say that we're both. Hmm. Yeah. Good answer. Yeah, like, like, I like that. You have to agree with the philosopher as well. Yes, he wants to rebel. Well, I'd be careful about agreeing with him <laughs> a bit, you know, try and... Wholeheartedly. Tempt, yeah. No, I'm just again, it's okay that to agree with me. Um, okay, well, of course, it, it is a, a massive question that I'm sure us and all of our listeners have thought about many times. Yeah, we might have to do another whole podcast yeah. just on that one question. <laughs> on on my, my take on this is, very much like yours, um, we hope, do we not, that there are other things going on and we're not just here as chemical reactions A to B to C and that's it when we snuff it. Um, I also like to look at like technology today. I, I would say that technology is a physical representation of actually who we really are. And what I mean by that is as we've advanced and we have wireless technology and we can sense information from non-local areas, it makes me think of the brain when we go to sleep at night. Maybe our brains have their own unique IP addresses. And maybe when we go to sleep, we connect into this worldwide web of consciousness. And that's where we dream and we get uh, inspiration and things like this. You know, these great inventors always get stuff. Maybe we're and always daydreaming. connected. It's not even yeah, when indeed. we're dreaming. On an energy note. So What's I'll go that? like this. Take a computer game because you're a gamer. I think this reality, let's not talk dimensions, could be just an amazing computer game. You've chosen your body. Yeah, Nostraventus. You come in, you have an experience, you say, oh, I don't want to have too much hair, <laughs> loads of nostril hair, uh, things like this. You learn, you go through phases in your life. When you finish, like a computer game, you change your character and you go back in. Now, of course, the question would be, well, what goes on outside of the computer I have game? A little problem with that, though. I'm sure if, you do, Nostraventus. If that was true, why did your player <laughs> choose to be you? Yes. That just doesn't make any sense. Well, you have to go, you have to go all the different routes, don't you? And good and bad and things like this to come up with a whole understanding of things. Sometimes as a gamer, you want a different challenge, I think. Yes. That's true. Absolutely. Plus, you've got to experience the bad to appreciate the good. Yeah. There's, there's that as well. Yeah. The Jedi and the Sith. Wonderful answers. Okay, thank you. I hope um, you can chomp over that, listeners. Let's, uh, let's get into uh, Guess Who. We've got to remember. Okay then, Guess Who. Cliff, 
Um, as I said, probably best to not agree with him yeah, on oh, okay. so, this particular uh, I game. Well just leave for this bit. Then, oh, I wish you bloody would. <laughs> um, I'm going to give you some clues, and it's a famous Chinese person, so that's the biggest clue I can give you. Um, at the end of the of the show today, uh, I'll also tell you who it is, or you'll tell me who it is. If you get it right, um, we treat you to lunch. If you get it wrong, then uh, you treat us to lunch. Yeah, it's just the new way it is. It's the researchers. They tell me that. I feel a bit bad. New way? So it's always been. What do you mean? <laughs> I get so many free lunches here. Um, okay, so the first clue. Are you ready? I'm ready. Yeah, just to make sure that let people know you're still in the studio. Okay, here we go. This person was born in 604 BC in Henan, China, and died in 531 BC, also in China. So that makes them... 73. Marvellous, Anthony. Okay. So, unfortunately, I can't give you a Chinese or Western horoscope uh, for this person because I don't have the actual birthday. Although, perhaps you could say that 604, 605 BC would be the year of the fire dragon. So, this person's a fire dragon. Yeah. Okay. okay. I know who it is now. There we go. I'm sure you don't. Taoist <laughs> myths, or Taoist myths, Mr. GP, state that this person was conceived when his mother gazed upon a falling star. He supposedly remained in her womb for 62 years before being born, while his mother was leaning against a plum tree. Oh my goodness, that's a long pregnancy. She must have been really uncomfortable. Yeah, she had a lot of instructions to read on the computer game. He was said to have emerged as a grown man with a full grey beard and long earlobes, both symbols of wisdom and long life. So not only was she uncomfortable for 62 years, she had a bloody painful birth as well. Other myths state that he was reborn 13 times after his first life during the days of Fushi. In his last incarnation, he lived 990 years and spent his life travelling to reveal the Tao, or the Tao, depending on where you want to come from on that. This person's name means Old Master. He was an ancient Chinese philosopher and writer and is known as the founder of philosophical Taoism and a deity in religious Taoism and traditional Chinese religions. How are we doing? Good so far. Doing all right. Anthony, do you want another pencil? You're scribbling down. Fast rates. I'm just doodling. You're, you're visioning, aren't you? <laughs> Something's coming to you. Oh! Okay. The earliest certain reference to this person is found in the 1st century BCE records of the Grand Historian collected by the historian Sima Qian. Now, I don't know if you know about this man, Sima Qian. I was uh, watching something on him. Castrated. Ouch. For going against the, uh, the law. Authorities. Saying something. Standing up. Giving his opinion. Well, or not standing up. That's well, the case, maybe. Castrated being not just the... Potatoes. Whole lot. The whole lot. Ow. Meat and all. Twig and berries as Yeah. Well. Imagine that. Terrible. He carried on, though, to give his story of what was going on in that time. Sima Qian, listeners, is not the guess who, but someone to, to, to read up on. According to these traditional accounts, this person was a scholar who worked as the keeper of the archives for the royal court of Zhou. Yeah. This reportedly allowed him broad access to the works of the Yellow Emperor and other classics of the time. The stories assert that this person never opened a formal school, but nonetheless attracted a large number of students and loyal disciples. We've heard these types of stories many times before, haven't we? Another story states that this person grew weary of the moral decay of life in Changzhou and noted the kingdom's decline. He ventured west to live as a hermit in the unsettled frontier at the age of 80. At the western gate of the city or kingdom, he was recognised by the guard Yingxi. The sentry asked the old master to record his wisdom for the good of the country before he would be permitted to pass. The famous text this person wrote was said to be none other than 
blub, 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 blub. It's uh, very well pronounced Chinese there. <laughs> I can't give you it because well, it's a giveaway. Now, in some versions of this tale, the sentry was noted to be so touched by the work of this person that he became a disciple and left with the special guest, who never to be seen again. In others, the old master journeyed all the way to India and was the teacher of Siddhartha Gautama, the Buddha. Others say he was the Buddha himself. Ooh. Check that curveball out from the researchers, huh? Ding. Yeah, yeah. I was going to possibly say Buddha. Of course you were. Yeah, I mean, you are. Uh... <laughs> I'm a bit. I was going to say Sith. Though, it's a seer, isn't it? Because <laughs> originally you said he was seventy-three, and then you mentioned he was eighty. Some of his famous quotes: <laughs> "Do the difficult things while they're easy, and do the great things while they are small." A journey of a thousand miles must begin with a single step. Mm, I've seen Absolutely. posters of that before. Finally, this is a good one, Mr. GP. A leader is best when people barely know he exists. When his work is done, his aim fulfilled, they will say, we did it ourselves. That's what you're getting. It's, uh, that's interesting. We were actually joking that uh, a good school head is a lot like the official in a football match. The best one is the one that you never notice. Mm. And I, I think that's brilliant. Yeah. Selfless. Uh, well, prone to mess things up was kind of where I was going. <laughs> yeah, so that depends how much times you get your cards Which, out. of course, yeah. is not your role at your school. Um, to trying, trying to stay out of the way. To is, secretly is, is mess things up. Yeah. <laughs> trying to stay out of the way. Um, okay, so back to the guess who. What do you think about this? Any warm? Don't say it if you know at the moment. Are you warm or? Yeah, I think I think I've got a guess. I think I have. Are you um, going for the most famous philosopher in China? I can't remember what you. Le- le- listen to him. Listen to him. Trying to get some answers. Unbelievable, you are Benton. You really are. Okay. Well, anyway, we can come back to that later, um, listeners. I wonder if you're a bit further ahead than Anthony is. Uh, let's delve into Dway Boudway. Because this is just the way it's going to be. Dway Boudway then. True or not true, I'm going to give you an interesting fact and you're going to come up together as a team um, if it's true or not. So 50-50 as always. Um, are you ready for it? Sure. Absolutely. Let's go. Good, because I'm not. Where is it, researchers? Um, here we go, yeah. They're passing it to you here. Paper. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you very much. We like to do things digitally normally, but uh, had a few problems today, didn't we? With the uh, technology. Yeah. Typhoon season. Post-typhoon, yeah. Um, okay, so here we go. According to, this is good. According to a recent report by the Organisation for Economic Cooperation and Development, otherwise known as the OECD, which has been testing high school students since the year 2000, Students from Shanghai schools outperformed those from 65 countries or regions and were classified as top of education performance. So again, according to the OECD, students from Shanghai schools outperformed those from 65 countries or regions and were classified as top of education performance. Incredible. That's a pretty, pretty cool thing to so be able ob- to get. obsessive education compulsive disorder. <laughs> very good. Very good. <laughs> Yeah, <clears throat> I'm going to give you a is, bell for that. Uh, is this, this is an international standard thing, or just yeah, the OECD? You know, it about the OECD. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's an so. organization that compares test scores from educational systems from around the world. Mm. 
Okay. No, it's legit. Yeah, they do, so, they'll um, do the different tests and kind of the, the sciences. Okay, and math. so all these stats have come up with Shanghai as the highest in the world. Well, this is what the Dwey Badwe is, isn't it? Mm. Don't try it, Anthony. I'm not giving anything away. <laughs> so in any given year, when they do these test scores, there are three or four areas that always come up towards the top. Uh, Singapore, of course, is always near the top. Um, Scandinavian countries, often Finland, are often near the top, and Shanghai is often near the top okay. in, in terms of China. Three very, very different educational mm. systems. You've got... Uh, yeah, obsessive education going on, uh, you know, lots of rote memorization. Mm. And then you've got Scandinavia that doesn't start compulsory education until year seven yeah. um, and spends most of their time playing outside. So very, very different, but equally high test scores. Interesting. Hey. Who's higher than, uh, than 65 other, other nations? Um, are, are we ready? Anthony, anything on this? So, That's normally got no idea what's going on, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Anthony didn't nothing, go to school. Nothing unusual then. No. At least not in, in Shanghai or Finland. No. Well, at least not even in England. <laughs> Expelled, weren't you, Anthony? Uh, the age of three. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How long were you in your mother's tummy for? Um, 62 years. <laughs> Six, yeah. <laughs> he knows the guess who already. Look. Okay, There's okay. Me. Okay, let's, let's reel this in then. What do you reckon then? Um, are you ready for your answers? Can we go with this? So you say Shanghai is usually pretty near the top. I'd, anyway. I'd say Dway. So you yeah, go for it. They I'd, could I'd, have go for, I'd go for this edged one. Edged out the win. Yeah. I'm going to have to agree with Mr. Headmaster here. I oh, you're such a little licker, aren't you? Unbelievable. <laughs> Always the same. I've already given him an apple. Oh, dear. Okay, here we go then. Uh, according to a recent report by the OECD, um, students from Shanghai schools outperform those from 65 countries or regions and are classified as top of education performance. Is it true or false? Our team today said it was true, and the answer is... It is true. Oh, there yeah. we go. Well done, Shanghai. Uh, well done, Mr. GP. As well. Yeah, because you'd have gone probably... I whispered the answer in his ear. You, you, didn't, you didn't see that? You'd have gone for a third answer. Maybe. All, all that, all that <laughs> technical info he was talking about, I quickly scribbled it down for him. Well, anyway, I tell you, listeners, this does say something. Um, and, and if we look at the table here, it's interesting. Shanghai students were followed. Um, number two was Korea. I'm guessing South Korea. I, I would probably, probably agree. Without that. knowing a lot of information, yeah. probably agree. Uh, Finland was third. So, well done, Cliff. Finland was in there. Um, Hong Kong was fourth. Canada, fifth. Any Canadians out there? High five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, guess where the US and our fair country, oh, the United Kingdom, were? Usually the US is, uh, you know, like 17th, 21st. Not, not bad. Really? Yeah. Well, you must yeah. have dropped a few because you were 24th. Okay. okay, yeah, not bad, kind of halfway. Da -da 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 -da. England, our fine birthplace, we're a bit above the Americans in 19th. So, I don't know what to say about that. It's once they get rid of the dead weight, you know, with those <laughs> yeah. three-year-old expulsions. Then... <laughs> <laughs> yes, it just goes downhill from there. Okay, well, uh, I think we could actually talk a lot about this, but we don't have time because I'm getting shouted in my earpiece. It's time for the China Jedi. Topic time. You got it all right. Yes, we're back, and as always, we're going to discuss something meaty and potatoey. No. 
Right. Uh, this question, let's have a look at what we've got today. Of course, always, listeners, from one of our listeners. Keep sending them in. Uh, it's fantastic to hear your points of view and your wonderful questions and insight into China. So the question today is, uh, where's this one come from? This is from a Miss Penetration from Shanghai. A Miss Penetration from Shanghai. And she says, she asks us, why on earth would Chinese parents send their son or daughter to an international school instead of a normal Chinese public school, considering the fact that Chinese students seem to get better grades, she may have a point, and are much more diligent and better behaved, and plus an international school is so much more expensive. There's a lot to that. Let me do it one more time. Why on earth would Chinese parents send their son or daughter to an international school instead of a normal Chinese public school, considering the fact that Chinese students seem to get better grades, are much more diligent and better behaved, and plus an international school is so much more expensive. Now, Anthony, we have our headmaster, Mr. GP, from an international school based in Zhuhai. Wonderful question. I can see why we've been told to ask it today. Well, I would say the most obvious answer would be so the children can meet wonderful people like Cliff here. Are you trying to get brownie points for the most here? Part, that's, I'm going for my where... gold star. It really is quite <laughs> ridiculous. Let's, let's let the special guest answer. What do you think about that? There's a lot to break down here, Cliff. Well, I, I think uh, Miss Tration has a, a really good question. International school is expensive. Um, <clears throat> you know, QSI is, is definitely expensive. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, we have very well-behaved children, but I, I know in, in a Chinese school they are probably better behaved, oftentimes. Um, I think the, the biggest thing that I, when I talk to Chinese parents is um, they want a different style of education or, or different emphasis in, in teaching methodology. Right. Um, you know, Shanghai schools, Hong Kong schools, local Jew high schools have outstanding test scores. They send students well prepared to universities and, and into the real world. Um, I think that an international school offers something that's just different um, in terms of, you know, maybe more emphasis on working together or creative problem solving versus, um, you know, computation mm. is, is kind of one major difference. Um, I think sitting in a classroom with students from a dozen other countries and kind of that confluence of ideas and beliefs and backgrounds when you're sorting through problems yeah. is something that you don't necessarily find when you're in a classroom of only one nationality. Um, you know, I don't know about your guys' education, but growing up in the U.S., all American students we were all more or less the same economic background. Okay. And so you kind of see things in, in one very narrow range of perspectives where an international school, you have a mix of students coming from all over. Um, so I find that that's one thing that a lot of parents are looking for. And in a globalized world. It's, uh, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of parents are, are looking to send their children outside of China for university. So they're seeing international schools maybe kind of a stepping stone to prepare them for, you know, more of a, a global stage for yeah. university and, and, you know, work beyond. Uh, so there's that as well. Okay. Your school deals with, uh, from kindergarten, right? From little kids all the way up to All the way through. So we, we start our programming at two years old, all the way through high school graduation. I like that programming. Programming. Yeah. Indoctrination. <laughs> Dr. Cliff. I wonder if you noticed a trend then, because I talked to some parents and they said very much like um, what you said, um, when the kids are very young, they like them to go to say an international kindergarten because it gives them a more broad spectrum of education. Um, 
which includes obviously speaking English as well, because if right. you go to a Chinese kindergarten, they're just learning Chinese. Um, but then they said for middle school, they prefer their children to go to a fully Chinese school because they worry that they're going to miss out on that fundamental, you know, Chinese education, you know, very much focused on reading and writing Chinese, especially, and the language of Chinese. And they worry if they go to an international school, they might miss out on that. And then, as you say, onto then education or higher education for in an international environment again. So parents seem to switch. Little kids, international, in the middle, Chinese, and then higher education, back to international. Do you notice that kind of trend in your school? Are you missing the... To some degree, uh, we've noticed that trend. Um, in order to enroll at our school, the student has to have a foreign passport. Mm, okay. uh, the way we're registered is, is we can only educate uh, children of, of foreigners, so they have to have a, a foreign passport. But we do have children that you know are, are ethnically Chinese or born in Hong Kong and Macau, enrolled in our school, and at some point, you know, kind of in their development, parents want also kind of that, that foundational Chinese experience that mm. Anthony's talking about. You know, making sure they can read and write Chinese, experience, you know, some of the curriculum that, uh, you know, makes schools like Shanghai school system so successful. And, and so there is a segment of our parents that want to go back and forth. Um, interesting point there with the passport stuff. Make this clear, I think, a bit more for our listeners. Because it's a little bit complex, the education industry here. It is. Uh, and it's changing as everything in China is very fast. Um, can you quickly explain the different types of schools that we get in China, Cliff? And on that, link in, you know, what type of passport does that student need to be able to access that particular type of school? Yeah, there's a local Chinese public school um, and then Chinese private school as well and then three styles of school that uh, brand themselves as international so oh, this is interesting Go uh, on then. you can have a uh, like a Chinese private school that purchases a license um, you know typically the license means they can use the name of um, British is often really popular but uh, international sounding school system sometimes it's it's also with the purchase of curriculum um, sometimes, sometimes it's it's with the purchase of curriculum. Other times, just the name. It's funny because would you really want the curriculum? Because if you get the curriculum, you come nineteenth. <laughs> you, you too yes. can uh, bring, bring your children from first to nineteenth. <laughs> yes. Um, there is uh, another style of international school joint venture, which typically has uh, some sort of Chinese or Hong Kong ownership group, um, but then another company that brings in the curriculum or manages the educational program. These are massive. These schools. These are really going. These are up, huge. Yeah. Yeah, these yeah. Are, are big, and uh, depending on how they're registered, are, are now subject to a little bit more governmental control. Yes. Yeah. Um, but there's well-established ones that provide world-class education as well. Um, and then the third type is uh, essentially how QSI is registered, so a, a school for the education of foreign children. Um, okay. So it's, in terms of enrollment, probably the most restrictive. Um, so we are, are wholly foreign-owned and operated. Um, you know, we have our own curriculum, our own resources. But it also means that, um, you know, we've excluded ourselves from a certain segment of the population as well. Yeah, and so, so you need a foreign passport, not a, a, a Chinese mainland passport, to access your type of school. Right. Let's come back a bit to the one in the middle, the joint venture. Right. Um, you can go there if you're Chinese-born, uh, Chinese yes. passport, or if you're foreign. Right. What about the first one, actual, just a Chinese private one mm -hmm. that's bought the curriculum or something like that? I wonder about that. Would they be allowed to accept 
foreign students? They can definitely accept foreign students, yeah. Uh, You know, any number of of Chinese private schools have a small number of foreigners, you know, in them. I think it really depends a lot on what the family's looking for, what experience they want for their kids, what's available in the city that they're they're living. Um, You know, Zhuhai, we're fairly lucky. We've got a number of school options for families to choose from, so... I think there's, you know, hopefully something for everybody. Yeah, indeed. I mean, and also having a bit of background in the research of this market at the moment, going back to this joint venture school, which are rising rapidly because they are big money earners. Let's be honest here. That's why a lot of investors are getting on board with this. Um, my, my point was, there's been a recent law change in the last year, hasn't there, Cliff, from, from Beijing, that states that if you go to one of these international schools, you still have to follow a large part of the actual public Chinese curriculum. You do. Yeah, um, which has been a lot of contention and debate about. So they still are getting that pure Chinese, um, I'm going to use a very funny word, curriculumness to it. Right. Like you were saying, Anthony, that maybe the middle school um, people want, yeah, as well. And, and I actually would say a lot of these schools, uh, done research on this, are in, in the big cities like Shanghai. And I wonder if we delve in, are those the schools that are producing this top of the bunch, um, the cream of the top that we see in this OECD report? From what I know, it's actually the the public high schools that come out in the OECD report. Right. So yeah, uh, okay. public and, and private schools. Um, you know, I think the joint ventures are. It's a relatively recent surge in China. Uh, you know, I think it, it kind of reached. You know, the, in Eastern China, Hong Kong. You know, it, it seems to still be kind of reaching its peak saturation. Right. Um, but uh, it, yeah, Shanghai schools were know top performers long before that was you know kind of a, a, a popular search definitely is a big business model for sure and I'm, I'm sure plenty of them are also producing top scores the curriculum in your school is fully westernized or does you have Chinese it is well? well we offer Chinese as a foreign language uh, so okay. that we do have daily Chinese but it's it is a, a Western curriculum QSI writes its own curriculum but it's aligned with the US common core state standards so it's maybe easily described as, as more American curriculum. Okay. And because of the entity, you know, foreign-owned entity, you don't have to follow certain government-led Ministry of Education curriculum ideals, do you? When it comes much? to curriculum, we don't. Uh, we don't have yeah. to incorporate certain aspects of the national curriculum. Um, Yet. Yeah, at, the, at this moment. <laughs> okay, lovely. Um, interesting article, as always, it's landed on my plate, listeners. <clears throat> Ten facts about Chinese education. Learn while being a teacher in China. I'll go through these quickly and see if they apply to your school. Um, so it starts, this blogger, <clears throat> living in China is not easy. That's the first, the first <laughs> sentence says. When there are more than 1.5 billion people like you in the country with no social guarantees, you don't have a choice other than to fight and claw your way up. Strong stance at the beginning of this. Chinese kids, though, are quite ready for such a challenge because their hard work starts with their very first year at school. Um, this person worked in an, is an English teacher in four different schools in China and also in Europe. So here we go. Ten things then that may be a little bit peculiar to this person um, and are in China. Number one, Anthony, I don't know if you know this, many Chinese schools don't have central heating. So both teachers and students leave their overcoats on in the winter. Now, this particularly applies. Apparently, they have it in the north, but in the south, they don't have radiators and things like that. Is that true in your school, Cliff? <laughs> <laughs> we uh not centralized no but we do have heaters and, and air conditioners in the classrooms okay that's what they said they have to use the air conditioners sometimes when it gets to 32 degrees fahrenheit which because those air conditioners are never that good are they to make the room warm they never really ours ours are okay they seem to you know it, it never gets truly cold here in no. in the south but uh yeah they 
they, they seem to have, have been okay the last couple of years. You know, you know there's a problem, don't you, when you're so cold you need to put on the AC to warm yourself yeah. up. <laughs> School uniforms are all alike. Sports suits with broad pants and a jacket. Of course, we know this. You have yeah, the blue colour and the yellow colour. Have you gone for that kind of style in your school, Cliff? We do not have uniforms, uh, I think, to the chagrin of some of our but parents. Everyone's naked? Um, <laughs> everyone can wear whatever they like. I like that. We, we do have a dress code, but uh, it's fairly broad in general. So, so, But the teachers do have a dress code, don't they? Because the I know uh, a headmaster code, previously yeah. before you came and said you can't wear shorts anymore. Uh, that is true. Our teachers do wear pants. Uh, so trousers to our English audience. Trousers, that's yeah. right. Pants, really. Yeah, I hope they wear pants, my goodness. Yeah. Well, but trousers over it, they just wear pants. I mean, I know it's hot here, that's, that's a little bit over the top, right? Yeah. Um, so our teachers, is that rule still there with yourself? You enforce that? If that rule see... is still there. Our, our PE teacher does wear shorts. Uh, Ooh, dresses, dresses for uh, for gym class. And what do you say to him, though, if he's in a class, non-PE, and he's got shorts on? Would you say, out, go home, put oh. your pants on? Uh, we've never been in that situation. He changes back and forth when he teaches other Ooh, classes. Oh, he's a changer. Nice. Okay, great. Interesting. So um, QSI don't apply that rule. What's the colours again, Anthony? The blue ones are for the older ones, aren't they? The, the yellow, yellow ones. with like a red stripe. That's, for the, that's for the junior school, isn't it? Elementary in China. Possibly. Yes, it is. And the blue ones are the old but middle school. But I think school different schools yeah. have different colours though as well, because I'm pretty sure I've seen white ones. With Generally, though, it's the yellow and the blue, isn't it? In Zhuhai, I don't know if that's the same in Shenzhen and that. The GP? I remember seeing the the blue ones quite a bit. Okay, for the older yeah. the older older ones. Um, schools in China practice warm ups every day and not just once a day, and do a general lineup. And this this comes with um, the flag raising, and they press um, special points on their bodies uh, with relaxing music and an instructor's recorded voice. Um, yeah, do that at your place. We do not. We share our campus with a private school. Uh, every morning at 7, they do their flag raising and their warm-up. Um, our students don't arrive until about 8 or 8.15. We do not have a morning warm-up. Okay. Thinking about incorporating one? Not as of yet. Okay. So. But that's quite normal as I don't well. know. It takes so long to raise all the flags. You know, Imagine doing that every day. over okay? two dozen of them. It, it, it yeah. take all morning. It's got to be so, Unless that's... you just get one flag and put them all on one flag, all the different flags. We could do that. There was a study, though, in Scotland where um, Ooh, they took a, a group of students and made them do 10 minutes of exercise every morning before class, and their schoolwork improved. There's a lot of research out there, uh, you know, for your listeners, and I don't know if you guys know, but yeah. uh, I previously was a phys ed teacher before I became a school administrator. So there is a lot of uh, sorry, uh, physical education, there. yeah, physical yeah. education, yeah, that, that that does help improve academic test scores. It makes sense, really, doesn't it? I mean, you're getting the blood flowing, yeah, right, and the mm-hmm. flag or no flag, you know, oxygen pumped up to the brain. So and then also you share a school. That's very normal, isn't it? A lot of international schools do tend to share. Um, a school with a, a normal Chinese school sometimes, and they rent the, right. the building. It's quite it a normal is, thing, yeah. isn't it? It happens, I think. Yeah. Um, okay, great. Thanks for that. Um, the big break, which is also the lunch break, usually takes a whole hour. Lunch, uh, free for all teachers. Um, one meat dish, two vegetable ones, some rice and a bowl of soup. Um, the Chinese are hearty eaters, and this tradition applies <clears throat> to all schools. Um, how's your food? In your place, you have a... We, have, we do have a school cafeteria. Uh, right now, about two-thirds of our students take the school lunch. Um, it's about 80% Chinese dishes. We have they're a, nice as well. I've had lunch. Yeah, you've, you've yeah. had them. They're, they're, they're good. Um, they're not free for teachers, but they are heavily discounted for teachers. We okay. also have a, uh, a cafe on campus that provides more of a Western lunch. 
um, you know, soups, salads, burgers. Yeah. Paninis. Paninis. Yeah, the Croatian cafe there, isn't it? Yeah. Right. So, uh, I forget nab in sometime. Yeah, or both. Sign around a bead, possibly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay, thank you, Anthony. Um, Teachers are treated with great respect. Um, Yeah, they get called teacher. Teacher Jan or teacher... Lauscher. Lauscher. Teacher Cliff. Yeah. um, I like that. I like that too. In in Japan as well, they call you... I used to be called Chris Sensei. They do seem... Kids do seem to be more respectful Mm. towards teachers. Less respectful of doctors. More respectful of teachers. As a society as a whole, though, I think teachers are more appreciated in... I totally agree with that, Anthony. Yeah. Cliff, what do you reckon? Your school, do they respect the teachers? I feel like they do. If I compare, you know, to my experience in U.S. public schools, I I feel like teachers have, uh, you know, maybe better Mm. standing. Um, Yeah, so they should. We're called teacher. We're called, you know, Mr. and Miss... It's a very important job, really. As much so as a doctor, well, you know. You're improving the future. Absolutely. And the present, yeah. Um, okay, great. Uh, many schools take corporate punishment for granted in China. A teacher may slap a student with his or her hand or a ruler for some fault. Um, the more distant and simple the school is, the more this kind of punishment occurs, unfortunately. Um, my Chinese friend told me that they were given a certain amount of time to learn English words at school, and for every unlearned word, they got beaten with a stick. Um, any stick beating at your school? No corporal punishment at our school. No, I think the uh, probably the, the strongest thing that uh, we have in terms of consequences is if you, if you don't memorize your words, if you don't get your work done, the consequence is you have to get your work done. So it's, it's a matter of when, <laughs> not if. But that motivates them, Cliff. Marvellous, yeah. Um, okay, there's a, uh, this is a good one. There's an academic ranking poster hanging in each classroom, which gives an incentive to study harder. The grades go from A to, e to, a to F, highest grade equaling 90 to 100%, and uh, apparently the F is uh, 59%. Oh, you get 59 is like a C, isn't it, normally, where we come from? Uh, for example, a student receives a star or a certain colour or additional point for correct answers or model conduct, while talking during lessons and misbehaviour lead to a loss of stars and points, students' rankings is updated daily and is visible to everyone on a special chart on the blackboard, an open competition. I like that, especially if it's positively reinforced. Do you have any rankings at your school? We don't do school rankings. Uh, we're standards-based, which means that anyone who achieves whatever the, the learning outcome is um, gets the grade, whether it's A or B. So what does that mean, though, for a high-setter, you know, someone that's really top performing do, do they get treated in the same way then or just get that standard they have opportunities to earn more credits we have extension work okay, for them so that helps a... take to you know learning maybe a little deeper or in a different direction you know into a real world application okay. um, but we don't have anything that says yeah, you know Chris has earned the gold star he's a better student than Anthony is just right. because no, you gave me the gold star I did hey. well you brought the apple thank you so. did you really give our guest an apple today no but why ruin the illusion? Well, and why lie on a podcast? <laughs> front of a headmaster as well. No, and I mean those tables... But I did get a gold star. Those tables, put it on your chest. Those tables, um, yeah, some will go for them, some won't go for them. But I do think they, they can have a motivating um, effect. Of course, if the support is there to get those Fs up, um, you know... That's true. That's yeah. Exactly. Okay, lovely. Everyone likes a good competition. Yeah. Uh, right. But we shouldn't F up. Chinese children study for more than 10 hours a day. Um, lessons usually start at 8 and end at 3 till 4. The kids then go home to do their never-ending home tasks until 9 till 10 p.m. In big cities, school children always have additional lessons with tutors, music classes, art studies and sports clubs on weekends. This is very true. I remember when I lived in my last house, there'd be a kid playing piano till 11 o'clock in the evening. Same song every night. <laughs> they never go for a jam, you know, try something different. Same song all the time. Rope, 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 rope. What about your kids at school? Well, I know my kid comes home about three o'clock. 
Yeah, no, our, 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 our preschool <laughs> ends at 3 o'clock, uh, H's kindergarten through high school ends at 4 o'clock. We do give homework, so that's about 8 hours in class a day. Um, we do give homework, but uh, not nearly as much as a local Chinese school would give. Um, you know, probably 15 to 20 minutes per grade the child is in school. Um, we definitely want kids to have time to play. We want them to, you know, experience sports or arts or extra clubs. Just be a kid. Um, but no, they're not studying for, for 10 to 12 hours a day. I think those who play piano until 11 o'clock, uh, you know, probably do so because their parents have found outside music lessons. Mm. Hopefully they learn more than one song. Though. I tell you what, though, I like that strap line. Just be a kid. It's good for you, Anthony. It's my philosophy yeah, in life. exactly. I think. Just be a kid. Just get it tattooed onto your forehead. Um, <laughs> lastly, this is quite interesting. Children from poor families, didn't know this, who don't want to study, who are, or are too naughty, Anthony, as their parents think, often get kicked out of ordinary elementary schools and go into none other than kung fu schools. Yeah. Where they live with full board, get a basic education, and, um, yeah, they have to be able to read and write, which isn't easy, knowing the Chinese language system. And corporal punishments are unfortunately quite common at such institutions. If a kid's not doing too well, do you chuck them off into the local kung fu school? Or? Yeah, we uh, we don't teach kung fu, so Ooh. not not many options. If a uh, child's not doing well, we take the time to figure out what either needs to motivate them or what they don't understand. So we spend a lot of time reteaching and, and going through work again, or finding a different way to teach them. So no, um, you know, in the the history of the school, you know, there've been a handful of students that have been in, encouraged to seek classes elsewhere, but typically that's because, you know, there's been something dangerous or unsafe that's happened. If you're just not doing well, we take the time to work with you. I tell you what, Anthony, if I was a student at his school, I'd say he's a pretty cool guy, yeah? If I'm going to get into trouble, I can you go in and say, Chris, you can do better. Good idea, go. energy. Yeah, like that. Nice one, Mr. GP. If you can't do well, there's no point punishing them, is there? Well, it doesn't really... encourage them and help them. Yeah. The... The, the beatings will continue until morale improves. <laughs> we'll edit that one out. Um, okay, researchers are really screaming. We're talking too much. It's a wonderful conversation, this education. It's uh, such an interesting, dynamic topic, especially where we are um, in the world today. Okay, let's, uh, let's learn a bit of Chinese. As we're in China, jiggle, jangle, jongwen. I wanted to make it real simple. Yes, jingle, jangle, jongwen. Cliff, how's your, your putonghua? Poor, I believe, is the uh, the best adjective. Okay, I like your honesty. Um, so is mine, and Anthony, well, he's fluent, but uh, we can't <laughs> be as clever as this man. <laughs> okay, so what have we got today, Cliff? Um, you have, uh, like, a, something that you say often in Chinese that kind of gets you working around? So. Yeah, I don't know if it's so much something that I say often as it's this idea that I, I kind of wrestle with of uh, chabudua. Okay, chabudua. Chabudua. I actually wrote a song, Chabador, with the Sunny Sons. We haven't actually played it live yet because we've just got far too many. Yeah, uh, Chabador. And of course, Ch when would you use this, first of all, as the listeners? You know, what situation would you... I think it, it you know, translates uh, into almost or, or good enough. And so I think in a school context or even just a, a business context in China, it's this idea that, well, we've done something, but it's, it's maybe kind of half or three quarters done and, ah, that's good enough. Yeah. So it's, it's more of the, the concept that I find myself wrestling with because I, I want to move past that into going from mediocre into something that's better. Yeah, you wouldn't want to have a post saying QSI, Chapador. Yeah. QSI, <laughs> good enough. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, <laughs> it's, more, that good. Yeah. it's more the mentality that I want to push past. Okay. So when, I, when I hear it, it does kind of make my, my hair stand on end a little bit. It's, it's kind of a grading 
term for me. What hair that you do have to stand on? Just the hair, you know, the hair <laughs> on my, my shoulders and, and the back, yeah. hair on your back, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, and the hair on your eyebrows, Anthony, they need to be growing Sol- a lot recently. Soles on my feet. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so marvellous, Chabador. Anthony, what tones for that, please, a linguist? So, yes, first tone is the fourth tone. So, cha. Okay, fourth tone, so cha, boo, boo. And door. then door, just the first tone, flat, yeah. first tone flat. Okay, and the boo obviously is, uh, is a neutral. Okay, so uh, yeah, let's say it then. Chabador. 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 Yeah, I guess we are Chabador nearly finished this part. Yeah, let's move into, oh yes, the great joke of John Ward. Have some fun. Great joke of John Gore then. Um, what lovely jokes have I been enticed to say to us all today? Um, oh, was this passed on to you by a you know, fellow Chinese comrade or Mr. Chan over there? Um, okay, this one I've got a couple. They're short ones by the look of it, which is good because apparently we're really running late today. Take away this one's first call. Ready? Go. For yeah, it. I went into a Chinese restaurant and said to the waiter, "Do you do takeaway?" He said, "Yes, six from ten leaves four." That's a joke a really boring headmaster would I say, isn't it? we need to give the researcher a bit of a slap for that <laughs> one. there's no corporate punishment in our office. Okay, next one, elections. Yeah, elections, they're a big thing here. Isn't especially with the, with the CCP thing coming up next month. what a Chinese man gets when he's excited. How do the Chinese hold their elections? With the right hand. In their hands. Yeah. You know, I knew you'd know something like that, Anthony. You always say the rude ones. Oh, Christ. Studio chair and he went then. Okay, well, I think we better crack on um, into none other than... With a hand. <laughs> Jedi Sip of the Week. Oh, we chat, we shim, we chat, we shim, we chat, we shim me. Okay, then, Jedi Sip of the Week. Something good, something bad. Could be a person, could be a thing. Doesn't really matter. You want to go with the, the Jedis today first? Yeah, Anthony, why not? Maybe? I think so. Okay, you should we, Cliff, do you want to go first or do you want to go first? I don't know. We can... I guess we'll sure. go first. Yeah, I've ready. got a, a, a Jedi of the Week. My, my Jedi of the Week is a visiting IT professional named uh, Francois Prinsloo. I don't know if he's a listener or not, but he came from the QSI school in Chengdu and basically rebuilt our entire school network. Ah, cool. Working wow. well? Much better than it was a week ago. Yeah, because I've heard about that. Some yeah, few problems. can your pretty, uh, pretty dismal. students now so. learn how to hack the Pentagon? Uh, hopefully no longer. <laughs> new server, new firewall, new Wi-Fi system. So he's uh, definitely the, the Jedi of the week. I love it. And is he going to leave soon? Uh, he did. He flew back to Chengdu yesterday. Okay. So, has, so you're going to some duties there. You're going to get in tomorrow morning on Monday, open the computer, and it's going to big smiley face going. <laughs> I now have control of your school yeah. bank account. I am now the new headmaster of this school. <laughs> I love to get him to listen. Secretly, to the, the secretly the emperor. Yes. <laughs> I like how we flipped a Jedi into this most awful person in one minute. <laughs> very good. I like that. That was you, Anthony. Okay, give me your Jedi. Very nicely. Um, my electric bike started to produce a burning smell. <laughs> and that's Jedi-ish, yeah? So, no, I uh, took it back to uh, where I bought it. <laughs> and uh, Mr. Wang fixed it repaired it for me so is that the same guy you got the tools from the DIY guy no another Mr. Wong okay okay. so thank you Mr. Wong for repairing my uh, electric bike he's got a lovely electric bike it, it is a bit girly 
I have to say, it's got it? a Mickey Mouse on the seat. No one. But anyway, it's right up your street, Mr. Benton. Okay, lovely. So he's your, he's your Jedi. My Jedi is um, Marley, my cat. Yeah, Marley, my cat. And the reason he, she is my Jedi, lovely little thing, like a little tiger, is every morning, and it's probably a little bit too early, she likes to massage me. On my back. I wondered what word was going to come out there. She needs. Mad. She needs. And my wife doesn't do it anymore to me. So she needs. <laughs> she needs. Quite incredible. I just wonder what it's for. Of course, I, I feed her, so it's probably something. Yeah, it's funny it. how cats do that, don't they? They kind of like. Yeah. Needing. Unless you're on my back when I'm sleeping, and she'll go up and do all that kind of stuff. So thanks for that, Marley. And of course, I have to clip her nails because sometimes you can get quite sharp. Okay, marvelous. Let's Jedi it up. That zip it up. Who's your Sith then, uh, Cliff? Oh, I think the uh, my Sith of the week is is probably more this some of the rhetoric that's going around politically, um, especially coming out of, of my own government, mm. uh, seems to be a, a little bit more inflammatory than I feel comfortable with. Yes. Cliff, where are you from again? I don't know if you we said. I'm, I'm American. I'm American. Whereabouts in America? Uh, Portland, Oregon, in the Northwest. Okay, that's where they grow a lot of ganja. Isn't I, it? I wouldn't know. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. Is that always been the case, or is that since the laws have come in? Uh, no, it's always been the case. The laws have just kind of come in recently. Okay, so is high school really quite high high school there? <laughs> uh, I didn't actually attend high school there, but I would imagine, yes. I'm veering off here, I'm being told. Yeah, but yeah. we did forget researchers. I just have to tell you now through the mirror that Cliff didn't say where he's from. So there we go. I had to put that one in, okay? Sometimes I have to come in with some stuff. Okay, so the SIF is the American Rhetoric. Yes, political the American rhetoric. political rhetoric. Okay, let's not delve too deeply into that. Um, Anthony, shoot. Well, I mentioned Mr. Wang for um, repairing my bike. Uh, <laughs> the Sith is um, Mrs. <laughs> Wang for selling me the dodgy bike in the first place. <laughs> yes. He finally realised what's going on, young Penobi. <laughs> okay. scam. Sell a broken bike and we'll charge you to oh, repair it. Brilliant. Too. Okay, fantastic. Okay, lovely. Uh, it's such a good bike, it really does suit you. Um, okay, my, mine on the flip side, my uh, Sif of the Week, is also Marley, my cat. Because when she massages my back, listeners, she only massages one side. <sighs> which is really annoying. How do you get a cat to massage all of your back? So it's not because your wife is uh, questioning all the it, scratches it, on your back? It's got nothing to do with my wife, Anthony Obi-Wan Kenobi. But how do you get a cat to move to the right side of your back. Can't just shuffle. And then they hold on with the claws. Just, just rub bacon on the other side. Hey, is that <laughs> or, a personal anecdote? Well, uh, I don't have a cat, so I, I wouldn't know for sure, but uh, it seems like it would make sense. So. so have a bit of bacon on the side, I can whack oh, out very nice. I heard Chris likes a, a good sausage behind him. <laughs> Cliff wouldn't know that, and neither would I, actually, Anthony. So, Let's move on, I think, shall we, Mr. GP? Probably. I do apologise for him. Take his star off. It's time for <laughs> CJ Plug Time. If you enjoy listening to the China Jedi podcast and want to get involved, either by asking a question, expressing your opinion, good or bad, light or dark, or even appearing as a special guest, then get in touch by emailing our team at info at chinajedi.com. That's info at chinajedi.com. <laughs> May the smile be with you. Okay, pluggy, plug, plug, plug then. Let's plug something. Hopefully you can plug up your mouth, Anthony. Um, Cliff, give us a plug for something going on, something positive. Sure, something coming up that uh, I'm a big fan of and, and QSI participates in is the Come Together Festival. 
Uh, it is coming up, I believe, November 18 or 19. It's a little later Fantastic, in the fall. yeah. Everyone loves to come together. It's yeah, a little charity event, right? Yeah. For, mostly for kids, right, I think? Um, sure. They've raised money for the Autism Society here in Juhai. Yeah. There's a number of other schools that they support. Uh, I know they've, they've supported other causes in the past. Great music, great people that organize it. I know both of you guys have, have played parts in it over the years. Yeah, we play there every... All the musicians are there, yeah. most of them for free. Uh, that's a great day, isn't it? You go with the school, you have a... Have you had a Bouncy Castle there last year? We brought time? a Bouncy Castle last outside. year, yeah. The other schools were there, you know, with games, booths for kids. There's great food. A lot of the local restaurants come out and, and you know, sell food and, and donate their profits to the charity. You did it. You had a, a tent there for UK Erections. It's actually, where, you I, where I met Anthony last year. Oh, where you met Anthony. How did, yeah, because you did something in your UK Erections tent, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, badge making and like a fun, like, knock down the pins type game. Okay, a bit dangerous for young ones, isn't it? Pins. They were very... Not that type of pin, you know, bowling, that's bowling why, pins. That's why he hasn't been invited back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, Cliff, when is this? I'm hoping you've got a date for this. I believe it's November 19th. Okay, November 19th, 2017, and that's in Beishan Hall, which is it just is. over the road from Huafa Newtown and uh, New Century. Will you be performing again, Christopher? I, I believe so. The Sign Out Sends will be on, yeah, if we can put something together, so that'd be great. Uh, of course, QSI will be there. We'll all be there. And in fact, what we're going to do is we're going to invite one of the organisers on, Anthony. Um, before before the event on the podcast, it'd be a good idea to talk more about it. Cause it's a wonderful community it thing. It's a really nice community. Yeah, and we're all about that, aren't we, Anthony? Absolutely. Okay, wonderful. Um, CJ, plug you. Be in. You better not plug, plug me, me in. Plug. Um, not a gaming one, Mr. Gaming Video Nerd. Uh, yes, you are. Battlefield 1. Battlefield 1! Intergalactic style! No, it's not intergalactic. Actually, it goes backwards. It's World War 1, I believe, hence the Battlefield 1, because they've done many iterations throughout the time, you know, different timescales, future, modern warfare, blah, blah, blah. Um, talking about education, actually, there was a study into this as well, um, where people, gamers that play uh, these type of shooting games actually do better when tested after playing in various different tests. You mean tested with shooting? With uh, cognition, um, reaction times. It actually improves people's scores. And not only directly after playing game, but for the next few months. Interesting. Is that what's happening in Shanghai schools? Yeah, yeah. Lots of gaming, yeah, and playing games. Uh, that's it's a... not helping the American schools, clearly. No, <laughs> no, no. You know, because they're real life guns. Um, <laughs> uh, no, but that's a, a, thank you, Auntie, for bringing that up. It's a podcast in itself, um, gaming and, and how its benefits could be used in education. That's something we're very much just touching the tip of the iceberg, I think, at the moment, in terms of the education system. Um, I'm sure it's going to become uh, a lot more essential as the years go on. Um, remember my analogy of a computer game. There are psychologists looking into it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, lovely. So that's on just a normal PC, is it? Sorry, I'm not. Um... I'm a PC nerd, so I don't know exactly, but no, I think yeah, it's on, I okay, think it's on several platforms. Okay, marvellous, thank you. Platforms. My uh, plug is, um, so we went away in Sun Yat-sen's, we played in Dongguan, did a little tour in Dongguan, you know, the Lord of the Rings, Mordor, and uh, we played at this lovely place called The Treehouse, um, run by a good friend, Dave Bugnish, uh, from America. It's a real classic. I wish we had something like this in Juhai. You go in, and it's like a little bar street area next to a river, and it's, it's on like four or five different levels. Um, it's all made of wood and it's just really kind of kitsch, yeah? It's Feels kind of like creative. A tree house. Yeah, kind of like that, you know? 
it's not like your normal round tables and nice flashy bar. It's it's just a bit more creative. A bit earthy. And... Yeah, 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 absolutely. You love it. And what Dave's done, he's a bit crazy, Dave. He was one of the vendors at Magic Island. Is he's, he's bought a swimming pool and he's put it right into the middle of the ground floor. This massive freestanding swimming pool. And not only that, he's put a massive foam machine up on the second floor and he goes up there like a missile launcher and pumps a load of foam down. So you have <laughs> foam parties. And everyone dives in the pool, gets all soapy and watches the band play. So that was an enjoyable, an enjoyable foamy evening. Yeah, yeah. pretty fun. So the treehouse in, they have to take speedos, Anthony. Yeah, <laughs> and your toothbrush. My thong. <laughs> yes, yeah. Right, okay. Let's get back into Guess Who, shall we? We've got to remember. Okay, Guess Who? Um, gave you a lot of clues earlier. Uh, I know you sensed that you may have something, uh, Mr. GP. Can I give you an extra clue? Do you need a little extra clue? Why not? Sure. Yeah, sure. okay. Here's your extra clue then. This Guess Who person is traditionally regarded as the author of the, remember I said the blah, 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 the author of the Tao Te Ching, or the Tao Te Ching. Though the identity of its author or authors or compilers has been debated throughout history, as many of these stories we tell on China Jedi have, it's one of the most significant treaties in Chinese cosmogony. Cosmogony. <laughs> right. As with most other ancient Chinese philosophers, he often explains his ideas by ways of paradox, analogy, appropriation of ancient sayings, repetition, symmetry, rhyme, and rhythm. In fact, the whole book can be read as an analogy. The ruler is the awareness of self in meditation, and the myriad creatures or empire is the experience of the body, senses, and desires. So this guy is the author of the, the Tao Te Ching, which of course we have in the studio. Marvellous piece of writing. Uh, you can read it and read it and read Where it and you still don't understand you it. You have it here now, I'm not telling you, Anthony, because you've known it. <laughs> um, right, any idea, first of all, Anthony, everyone can have I, mean, I really should know this, but I fear I do not. When was Confucius born? It's not Confucius, <clears throat> is it? That's much later. Don't but. help him here, Cliff. This is an individual testing situation. No more group work. Zen ah, wisdom. Okay. Chinese or Japanese? Yes and no. No and yes. <laughs> Clap your hand with one hand. There is no wisdom. There yeah, is only yeah, the yeah. There we go. Okay, so, um, Anthony, you go first. Who do you think it is? Oh, Mr. Zen. Okay, Mr. Zen. Cliff? I, I was going to go with Confucius, but uh, yeah, I was now, thinking now the, the wise one is actually starting to shake my confidence a little bit. Because so. I think he might have been born but I, later. But, but I, I don't have another guess, so I'm going I'm to go with Confucius. Yeah, go with what you know. Yeah, we'll like go that. with Confucius, same. No, you said Mr. Zen. You cannot now copy the headmaster. <laughs> is copying allowed in your school? We discourage copying. You're discouraged. We, we do he discourage. discourages well, me every do week. do you, though? Because isn't all learning copying? Right, really? Anthony, thank you very much, uh, uh, Nostra Bentus. Let's move on. Uh, guess who today, listeners? I'm sure all of you out there with a little bit of an idea of Chinese history have got it correct. It is none other than Lao Tzu. Oh, or Lao Tzu. Yeah, who's actually a contemporary of Confucius, apparently. Confucius may have actually gone for some classes with Lao Tzu. Yeah. So it's interesting I... part of Chinese history. We've disappointed the, the listeners. Yeah, I should disappointed have ourselves. Well, I tell you what, though, if you have five demerits, actually, is the well, worst part of it all. Please let me keep my gold star. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you can deal with this outside, you know, on your own. All right, boys, lovely. Okay, so funny enough, if anyone is interested in in this guy, I really do um, recommend you to to get a hold of the Tao, the Tao the Jing. It's a marvelous book. Um, lots of different kind of poems and um, analogies, as we said. 
Uh, it really is quite it's amazing. Thought-provoking Yeah, stuff. and you can just open a page if you're thinking about something and look into it and see a kind of answer or something for you to think about and mull over. Okay, one day we should do that. Flip it open. We've got no time. Okay, researchers, I'm done. We're done. Cliff, it's been absolutely marvellous having you on. Hey, um, hope you enjoyed it's good yourself. to be on. Yeah, I did enjoy myself. Thanks for the invitation. I enjoyed having you. Very informative. Could, I, could you give Very us a grade? What would you give us? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, uh, we've, we've got kind of a different grading skill. So I would award you the, the grade of above mastery, beyond mastery. Oh, oh but marvellous. So, okay, we so that, that would be... Master. No, 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 yeah, no, no, no that's me. He's oh, looking at okay, me. for you. So <laughs> what about, what about for, for, the, for the truth sayer over there? The, the truth, uh, Nostrabentus? Yeah. Well, I think Nostrabentus can actually, he, he already knows what grade he's received. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I, right. I transcend. Yes, grace. yes, marvellous. Okay, lovely. Well, we end, as always, with an original piece of music, The Last Emperor Song. This week, it's uh, a friend, a Dutch friend of mine who lives in Shenzhen, Martin Rischen from, uh, from Holland. And this piece of music that he produced is called Intro and Liftoff. That's exactly what we're going to be doing now. This is China Jedi, people.
thank you for listening to the China Jedi podcast. Shining humor, love, and light on Chinese life. May the smile be with you.